0: just wanted to remind you guys that the Football Index podcast is supported by footballindextrader.co.uk, the best site for in-depth scouting and trading strategy. The second half of the season can be tough to navigate with trends shifting and players going in and out of fashion quickly. If you don't always know what you are looking for or like most busy people lack the time to crunch the stats on every game, having Football Index Trader as your assistant manager can really help. His latest analysis on navigating the second half of the season has just been published, so it's a great time to join. And you can head over to his site now to find out more. So that's footballindextrader.co.uk. So as an exclusive offer for podcast listeners, you can give the site a try with a 25% discount on your first month with the code FIG25. So that's F-I-G-2-5. Hello and welcome back to the Football Index Podcast, episode 120. I apologise profusely for you having to sit through three hours of content. In the previous episode, it wasn't my fault. I blame Sigmund and Sam. Completely. Today, I'm hoping that it won't be that long, but I hope that it will be equally informative and valuable to you. I'm joined by a guy that I've been, you know, stalking a little bit for for a while, and he's been on the index for a longer time than I thought. Uh, Fi Matrix, aka Trader Tip. So, how are you doing, mate? Not too bad, mate. How was yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I was, as I said, surprised that you've been on since November 2017. I think time flies, doesn't it? It does. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was just before they started the huge IPO push with all the squad players and everything, so I kind of got involved in some of that as well, so yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your Football Index journey? Yeah, so firstly I just want to say thank you very much for inviting me on. Oh no, no worries. And also I
1: did listen to your previous episode, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> when I seen the guest announcement I thought, fig's done me, yeah. <laughs> Two of the greatest minds on FI Twitter, the week before you make your Fidcast debut, no pressure. No pressure at all, <laughs> mate. No pressure. But yeah, so FI journey, I started looking at the index, like you say, around, it was around October 2017, there was a lot of promoter tweets that I'd seen, and I just thought I'd, I'd give it a try. I was a little bit apprehensive at first. So before depositing, I spent maybe about a month, I would say, learning the basics, just Compiling some information on spreadsheets and stuff, watching some of your earlier videos on YouTube, the Bank Builder series and trading technique videos, which were very helpful. And then I I just decided to stick in the £500 for the risk-free offer. Spent the first couple of months just trading injuries until I got a better understanding of price movements and and
0: just kicked on from there, really. Awesome. And you got this background of... Uh, sports trading right so why don't you go into that a little bit because that's quite interesting considering the announcement that's been made recently yeah yeah it's quite good timing really yeah
1: so I was trading quite actively on Betfair from around I think I started about 2010 till about 2017 mainly focusing on football markets so just looking at anomalies overreactions in play and pre-match some match betting I was profitable during that time but it's always a challenge to maintain an edge over the market and sports trading on the exchange is much more psychologically challenging when comparing it to something like football index just because there's no room for error it's a mature market so the pricing's is pretty spot on which basically means the opportunity is much harder to come by and in the end i was i was making a few rash decisions maybe losing a little bit of discipline so I decided to take a little step back, still double every now and then, but I just thought it was time for a change. And that's when I, I started looking over alternatives and, and turned a football index. How did you find it? Like I say, it was promoted tweets. So I was just looking through Twitter like I, I usually would and something popped up. And then I did a little bit of digging and come across your videos. I think you must have just been starting out back then maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. But yeah, I still found them really useful and just jotted a few things down and I really wanted to, one thing I recommend to new traders is just to learn the market first. Even if you were to just paper trade, Mm. especially with a watch list that we've got now, obviously you can see the price movements without even having to put any money on the table, just to get a better understanding of how things work really.
0: It's such good advice, isn't it? I think either starting out small or or starting out with kind of fake money in your head or if you keep a spreadsheet of who you would have bought, I think it's just such a good thing to do. Do you sense that, I don't know how many new users you speak to, but there seems to be kind of like a very much an eagerness to get started and make as much money as possible, which I totally understand. You see all these green figures, you see maybe you've been enticed by a lot of people posting their winnings online, but how hard is it to kind of set expectations that there is like a bit of a, a learning process at the start? 100% 100% yeah. And
1: I actually find it quite scary how you see a lot of people that don't quite understand how to market sell and then they're, mm. they're just instant selling and obviously that eats up so much of your profit. So you really, although it's obviously quite boring, it's really essential to read up on your rules so you know what you're doing. And I think, I mean, for me personally, I did want to jump in straight straight away because obviously you see Everyone's flying because during that period, it, there was a little mini boom. But I think having that sports trading background hindered me slightly at first. Oh, yeah. Just because I didn't really realise the full potential of the product and I was analysing prices too much. Instead of, you know, just thinking to myself, this is a bull market. I should have maybe uh, grown some plums. <laughs> and after a little uh, self-reflection, I was... Very confident, the money was just going to continue driving the market in the right direction. So, you know, I soon learned to be become more aggressive with my trading. Not quite on the same level as SGs. I don't know if you've seen his, <laughs> his stuff about Bruno Fernandez. God, I that have, man! I that have. man has balls of steel. He really He's does. Fair play to him. Yeah, but I, 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 I think I saw one it. of his
0: tot ups, and I said uh, something like, "You're nuts," but I love it. It's just so great to see. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and and. and, and and, and he's
1: the type of person that will follow his gut as well and obviously he had a good feeling about it and it was just nice to see that pay off and I'm, I'm sure a, a lot of new traders as well would have would have been on that rise so it's just nice to see that that deal looks to have been concluded now. So yeah, it looks good.
0: Yeah, what do you make of people not being happy that, that, that people <sighs> have made money on him?
1: I, d- I really don't understand it. I'm guessing it's because obviously money's coming out of their players perhaps. So the are hoping that, you know, the move maybe breaks down and then it starts flowing back into their holds. But in the long term, obviously, it's going to benefit the product. And I think that's what you need to bear in mind. A lot of people are quite selfish when it comes to the trading. So I think, is it SOTD? Oh, i seen a beauty tweet from him the other day. Um, pump, pump the product. That's the one, yeah. Pump the product and not your own agenda. And I think people really need... A, to start thinking about that because we've all got a responsibility really when you're on Twitter because a lot of people obviously have got eyes on your tweets and if you're experienced and you know how the market works, you've got to be careful how you word things and also got to make sure you're not manipulating these new users because like you often say on your podcast, these guys are obviously going to be speaking to potential new customers Mm. and that could have quite large sums of money, like just uh, disposable income that they, they can put into this thing. So yeah, I think we've all got a responsibility.
0: Yeah. Word of mouth is just the strongest marketing tool out there. It really is. And I think people really underestimate that. But just before we get into some proper questions, because there was a lot, wasn't there? Matrix, because of all the Adam Cole Q&As. But before we do get into that, please do leave a review on iTunes if you guys are listening on the Apple Podcasts app. I'd really appreciate it. There's about 200 reviews so far, most of them five stars, a couple one stars recently. But you know, we, we move on. He can't please everyone. <laughs> he can't please everyone. <laughs> uh, I, I want to shout out the order books video that I've got on YouTube. If you guys are struggling to wrap your head around that, I shouted it on Twitter the other day after the Adam Cole Q&A. But uh, have a look at that. If you just type in order books, football index, then it will pop up with my uh, stupid mug there and you can you can have a watch. Hopefully I did a good job of explaining them about a year ago. And then I mentioned the three-hour bonanza of an episode that was with Sam Friedman and uh, Sigmund Freund. It was a bit of a psychology special, but it was just epic. Like, loved recording every minute of that and love recording every minute of this one so far. And we've got a lot of questions. And we're going to start with the Adam Cole Q&A. Football Index MDJ and Mel, she says, Adam Cole slipped us a few hints of things to come during his Q&A. What were you most excited to hear about? And what, if anything, left you feeling flat? And she says, that's a question to you both, alluding to the uh, questions she didn't include me in. In the last podcast. Well, yeah. Weird. <laughs> Go on. What are you what are you looking forward to?
1: Yeah, so one that maybe didn't jump off the screen, but I think's quite exciting is FI potentially looking to be authorized and regulated by the financial mm. conduct authority, which could give the platform a lot more credibility. Obviously, I know there's issues around capital gains tax and, and things like that. But it could be a game changer in terms of attracting those big investors, perhaps. Yeah. I don't de- know what it, you think
0: about that. It, it depends if Football Index as a thing became regulated by the FCA mm. or some Football Index products became regulated by the FCA, if you see what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. could Football Index offer, I don't know, like, Like a more elaborate tracker or people could trade on your behalf or something like that, where those gains that you make through, say, a fund or this like more elaborate tracker are taxed in the way that capital gains would be normally and kind of people that are trading for themselves individually that aren't institutions or aren't high net worth individuals that are trading into people that are allowed to trade for them or whatever i I know i'm thinking like you know five six seven years in the future here for Mm. blindex this could happen this could not but you know that's the only thing i could think of or on the other hand is like actual institutional investment like companies wanting to invest those are the only two things that i can think of that would lead FI to wanting to become FCA regulated unless they wanted to add more legitimacy and have some sort of bigger protection on deposits or losses, if that makes sense. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah, that that was my initial thing. And also I was pleased to see them expanding their tech team as well. Yeah. I know I think that's pretty much common knowledge now, but I think hopefully that towering list of issues have probably got parked somewhere. Hopefully they can dedicate some staff to resolve those issues and maybe iron out any kinks in the actual product itself. But I can't really think of anything that made me feel flat. I think it was just the number of changes that were mentioned that they're looking to implement over such a short period of time is a little concerning, but Mm. I've got faith in them. (laughs) Were you displeased by anything? I don't I don't think there was anything I was displeased by. I think if anything maybe the lack of clarity on when we'll be moving to new territories, but I know the regulations make that quite difficult. Obviously it's it's a very lengthy process, so I can't expect these things to to happen overnight. But I was expecting maybe a bigger announcement. It was kind of alluding to future announcements if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think I kind of wonder what this February thing that he alluded to was as well. That was the the thing that maybe not excited me, but what I was curious about, like what could they be talking about in February that they couldn't confirm now. Mm. I, it just kind of it just kind of made me wonder. Yeah, yeah. They always do this to just teasing <laughs> us all the time. Do, yeah. do you think that's a good thing at this point of the kind of <sighs> life cycle as a company? If I'm honest, no, I don't think it is because a lot
1: of us have a serious amount of capital invested in the platform itself. So the need to start clarifying a lot of these announcements and instead of, let's say, teasing us, just being a little more transparent, I think would help with the confidence in the platform as well.
0: Yeah, I think... Clarity, transparency, these are the things that people are craving. And we kind of keep talking about high net worth individuals wanting to, you know, be part of this product. But mm. there is the product side, but there's also the company and how it's perceived, right? It's what they do as a company as well as like how robust the product is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think obviously we all love the product. It's just these little, little loose ends that need tying up. It's difficult to sometimes defend the product when, obviously, we had the IPO situation today and things like that, I think, can be dealt with better. And then it appears that the IPOs are going to go ahead tomorrow. So people <laughs> are then questioning how this has all been rectified within six hours. So, yeah, they do need to tighten up the comms a little bit, I think.
0: Yeah, I think they've gone under a little bit of a rough patch in the last couple of months with those. We'll we'll move on to the next question from Stanford, which was... uh Bit of, a, bit of a bit of a bit of a abrasive question. Mm, uh, a bit of needle there, a bit of spike in this jab. Uh, he said, "Let's see if this gets asked." Fi has kicked the MB can down the road again, knowing it's unfit for purpose, using the excuse that they don't want to change mid-season. Yet, time and time again, they have implemented mid-season change. Why don't they just get on with it? Do you want me to go ahead with this one? <laughs> I don't know if this one's more directed towards you, but... I think it's both
1: of us. Yeah, well, for me, I think it's a sensible decision, if I'm honest. It changes the structure of our bets, so I think it's important that FI give us plenty of notice before implementing any changes. Yes, they've done mid-season changes before, but that approach is often being criticised by traders and clearly doesn't work, in my opinion, anyway which I think is quite evident with the latest one with the transfer window announcement.
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I
1: was really shocked by that, especially with it being halfway through the window. I think you've been saying in previous pods, why not maybe wait till the summer? I I don't even understand how this benefits them as a company. Maybe perhaps you might see some more commission, but I was just a little bit unsure of how they did it. Especially the fact that there was no market suspension, there was no announcement that this was going to be made, it just seemed a little strange to me. I don't know what you think,
0: yeah, I mean the to touch on the transfer side of things, the transfer buzz I don't know it was strange i think i've I've said a lot about that in previous pods. I want to kind of really dig into this kind of question as a as a thing. I really do think that the question that I asked on the last podcast from Sam. Richards where he said that Yaya Torres won more media buzz than Bappe. was it Neymar and Sancho this season or something mad like that right okay I didn't I think, see that but yeah yeah like when you think about I don't know if if that was actually accurate or was it Neymar or another player but it doesn't matter like the kind of sentiment remains that it's clearly not really working as a dividend mechanism anymore and I think there is a lot to do there and I was actually really disappointed that FI didn't really... Because I basically said before the announcement, they've got a really good opportunity here to say, we understand the MB system is broken. They said it before the new year as well, that they were going to look at it this year as one of their main priorities. And for them not to actually address it in this q and A, I I think was quite disappointing. Mm-hmm. I think that they really could have had a, a good opportunity here to basically say, look, we know it's broken. These are the things that we want to do. This is going to be the first step that happens in, say the beginning of next season or whatever, wherever, whenever you're going to do it. For me, I don't mind mid-season change if it's a drastic improvement on the platform. And for me, I wouldn't mind if they came out and said, look, MB switching like a flick of your fingers tomorrow and it's this system. But I understand that that is not everyone, to everyone's cup of tea. But I really do think the longer that they let it go and the bigger they grow, it's like building a, a tower on like a, you know, really unsturdy base, you need to start really making that kind of base of your business rigid before you scale expansively. And I think MB is just one of those things in the product that needs improving.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think obviously the algorithm itself needs changing. The media payouts are promoted as winning dividends for positive articles. And it's becoming more and more regular where negative stories are leading to dividend payouts as well. Mm which is obviously a problem when these headlines are surrounding criminal activity. I know sometimes those articles can get removed, but we've had cases in the past where we've got articles that are relating to racism and people are getting paid out for that. Now, I know Mm. there's arguments for and against that, and I don't envy Football Index because they won't be able to please everyone. But if it was me... I'd be looking to implement maybe minus points to the algorithms, so that it doesn't matter how much media attention a player gets if it's for the wrong reason then their media appeal will suffer and uh, and that's the way it should be in my opinion and now that FI are looking to expand it over territories as well we need to consider perhaps foreign news outlets maybe, yeah. maybe this is too much to ask but what if we had media payouts for say the top five countries mm. like uh, England, Germany Spain, Italy and France and we could maybe couple that with transfer window uh, dividends which would definitely keep traders interested over the summer. I'm sure they're looking at all these things behind the scenes and that they probably would like to give us more information but at this point it's probably all subject to change so they're keeping it under the hats I think.
0: Yeah, I think there's going to be a big revamp at some point. Yeah. It just there needs to be more clarity on which way they're going. I kind of agree with you on the notion that there should be kind of separated payouts for the top five leagues and it means that kind of that MB appeal is spread out a bit. We're going to touch on the kind of foreign territories later but FI Rocket's got a question here. Do you think they should announce Euro 2020 plans sooner? Sections of the market like to move into certain positions very early which causes two issues. They won't know if it's better to position for transfers or Euros. If lots of users buy the Euros in mind, a mediocre promotion could cause was a dip due to overinvestment. Were you surprised that Adam came out and said that April was when they were looking at announcing Euro 2020 plans? Uh, Bearing in I mind it starts June 12th, so that's yeah, only a couple yeah, months true. out. Yeah, true. And I know
1: FI Rocket says that people do like to, to move into positions very early, but I do think money will it'll naturally move as the anticipation builds, but obviously you want to know what you're betting on and whether there's going to be any changes made. But hopefully they've learnt from the World Cup promotion. I think it was the cash giveaway, wasn't it? Yeah. Which I don't think quite cut the mustard and grabbed everyone's attention. Mm. I'm sure they'll have a trick up the sleeve, but obviously what that trick is remains to
0: be seen. But yeah, I
1: suppose he's got a point there. We probably could have done with knowing a little bit sooner, maybe.
0: Yeah, I think the point about kind of players, people, traders positioning themselves is is quite important. Right, because this is even more of a macro thing. If you know that there's a long-term dividend, for example, or dividends get reviewed every summer, then it's easier for you to take those kind of twelve, eighteen-month positions, which adds kind of base value to the market. So, I think this is a very microcosmic version of this, which I think FI we talked about kind of like that hype element or that teasing element. I think there's a value in that, but I think we've come to the point now where I think that clarity is much more important than that kind of hype side of things, especially for your loyal users.
1: Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. I think, I'm hoping that, you know, if I do listen to feedback, but we do seem to be going around in circles over the last couple of months, so I think it, they need to seriously look at themselves and maybe the, the way they, again, um, communicating things out to the community so it's going to be an interesting couple of months
0: and hopefully we won't be disappointed hopefully we i touched on kind of long-term dividends there and something that adam mentioned was something called loyalty dividends which was quite interesting, wasn't it?
1: Mm, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, uh, and- <laughs> <Go> on,
0: sorry. <laughs> I was just going to ask a question here from Index Italy because I think he was going to you know, sum it up better than us. Uh, Adam Cole has mentioned that in coming months, we will hear about a loyalty dividend that FI really want to introduce. What are your thoughts about it? Will FI be able to deliver all the things that they have mentioned by the start of the next season? That includes order books, training program, new auction IPO system, new territories, matrix change, a dividend review. A busy few months ahead. And then WeRab from the forum says, what are your thoughts on Adam saying? No intentions of team of the week or team of the month, but now looking to announce a loyalty dividend. Any suggestions what this could be? Do you think it could relate to a player with consistent BB scores or do you think it would be more bonus traders who trade a lot? And then CJ0101 from the... Forum said, second this, very interested to hear what you think a loyalty dividend would entail, rewarded for long holding a player for a set amount of time or being a trader on the platform for a year or so. It leaves a lot of questions. How do you think the new IPO auction system would work? So let's talk loyalty dividends here. What could they be? It's very intriguing, isn't it? There's lots
1: of different avenues that can go down. Obviously, I think it will be utilized as some type of trading incentive. I actually had a brief discussion with Football Index AS on Slack a couple of months ago, and he suggested reduced commission for active trading, perhaps, Mm. which I think would work quite well and stimulate trading even further. So you could generate a certain amount of commission, let's say, or maybe your net buys were over X amount, you'd be awarded with reduced commission over a certain period of time maybe Mm -hmm. i can't i can't really think
0: of what else it could be again they're just they're keeping us on 10 hooks aren't they Yeah, they really are i think there's there's a few things it could be right could it be yeah could it be commission-based could it be like just simply length of time on the platform that would be slightly strange i don't know how well that would go down there could be something to do with like how how many people you can refer to the to the platform I don't know it's, loyalty is quite vague right do you know what I mean like it's yeah. not as cut and dry as saying team of the week or team of the month I think that's a bit more clear cut up what it could be <laughs> loyalty dividends I do think that they want to Adam Cole has always talked about in his Q&A about rewarding people that have been on the platform a long time and people that have kind of like helped simulate this product I just don't know how you could do something like that which is so public facing without kind of alienating a lot of your user base but it could be either side right you could have a as you said as mentioned um, this kind of commission reduction if you trade over a certain amount of volume that could be quite interesting loyalty could be defined as you know someone who trades a lot or someone who just has been on the platform a lot for or for a long time i don't know there's a lot of things they could do i think here
1: yeah yeah
0: and it's difficult to
1: to kind of guess where they're going to go with it. I think out of the two, I'd imagine they'd go down the the trading incentive one where they want to generate more commission. And those active traders are the guys that they'll want to reward. I don't know whether that's right or wrong, but I'd imagine that's probably the road they'd go down.
0: mm. Well, I mean, I think I mentioned IPOs just then, uh, the IPO auction system from CJ0101. Daily has a pretty (laughs) concise and clear message here as a question. Why the fuck are FI persisting with IPOs when they clearly cannot introduce them fairly effectively at all? So for those of you who are living under a rock, we're recording on the day that Jude Bellingham was supposed to IPO. Why don't you sum up what actually happened today, Matrix, and then we can get into this. Ah, it's a bit of a mess. I think, obviously, the the
1: IPOs were scheduled to be introduced to the market between 10 and 2. I think Football Index tweeted out from their official account, I think it was around half 10. Uh, I've been at work today, so we're just going off notifications, basically just saying that they had some issues with the tech. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so they were going to reschedule his IPO. I know a lot of traders were quite disappointed with that. I do think it was the right decision, but obviously this decision should have probably been made a lot sooner just to give traders a little bit more notice.
0: Yeah, I don't really... So one of the really good things that someone said to me today was, what has changed that has allowed them to IPO, it, IPO him Tomorrow, rather than today, could you could you answer that?
1: (laughs) No, if I if I'm honest, I I mean, obviously they've maybe done some more testing. There was maybe some kind of glitch in the matrix, and that's now been resolved. I'm not really a techie type guy, so I wouldn't like to speculate. But I'm just hoping that everything runs smoothly tomorrow. Because if
0: it doesn't, it's not going to be a good look, is it? Hmm. Yeah, that that is the big worry, right? The 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 thing is, it's a lose lose now. Well, I mean, the only win is if it goes completely flawlessly, right? Yeah. Which I think, if I was a betting man and I could bet on that, uh, clearly we are both betting men, considering Mm -hmm. we're doing this podcast. (laughs) I would probably hedge my bets to it not going flawlessly. And that's with all due respect to FI and however much more work they've done on the tech, however many more engineers they have. I just the amount of demand there is for this certain player, I can see something going wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, the the system just doesn't work. There's too many issues. I mean, what's more damaging to the product? Missing players or these site glitches for me is the latter. It sounds as though FI have the hands tied at the moment until Nasdaq's introduced so for me I think the sensible approach would be to wait until it's fully operational and then go from there I mean you've got as well you've got traders the current system doesn't promote responsible gambling Mm. so there's people staring at the phones and the computer screens for hours on end just to get the best price having sick days not feeding the kids you know what I mean it's just <laughs> it's absolutely it's absolutely mental I obviously I'm just joking about a little bit there but the community needs to remain strong on this I think and it's no good sticking our head in the sand yeah um, just because you know we're making mountains of cash from this and if I have a responsibility to address it and I, I just hope that it's high on their priority list
0: yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we kind of both get, uh, laughed or chuckled there, but more in kind of shock at, at yeah. what we're seeing, right? Uh, yep. Sigmund Freund, who was on the pod last week, the, the three-hour special, he tweeted something really good about an hour ago. He said, I think IFI might have the most addicted customers fueled by us all getting in early, days off work to gamble, being on the platform plus socials all the time, over-depositing most equate gambling addiction to racking up losses, it can be an addiction even when profiting. He says, Mm. there may not be financial costs, but the time cost is large. We also talk about the opportunity costs a lot on our trades, but the same is true with gambling in general, if not doing other things to gamble more which was really good. I think PB Man also had a really good tweet here where he said, it's worrying people are actually taking days off work and unpaid leave to get on IPOs. Football index isn't healthy or responsible. He said, no, football index, comma, should have been, this isn't healthy or responsible. So that's not him stating it is. He, He basically is telling them this isn't healthy or responsible. He said, I would advise holding off on IPOs until the new system is in place because this isn't a great look for what is otherwise a great product.
1: Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with that. If you cast your mind back a, a couple of months ago, where they had the the week long IPOs, yeah, and and people were spending all day at the computers. Obviously, FI have now addressed that because that hasn't happened since. But that was on a responsible gambling week, I believe. Mm-hmm. So the time time was absolutely dreadful. I know they're probably doing that to make sure that the servers don't crash. But they've also got to think about the health of their users. And that's why people are so passionate about this because, like they were alluding to there, the time's the cost here and people are getting addicted to these IPOs because they know that they can make a quick buck. Mm -hmm. They've just got to be really, really careful with it. Yeah, I
0: think the other thing that struck me here, Matrix, was Adam Cole's tweet, a response to, and I really like this actually, the question to him in the Q&A yesterday was, have you noticed any knock-on effects by the regular bookmakers from the impact Football Index must be having on their profits? I, for one, very rarely place any bets on the football scores anymore, so thanks for creating such a great product. That's a wonderful message. Adam Cole's response was, thanks, Lee. I don't talk to bookmakers much. They are completely different to us. To be honest, I don't want to spend time with them. We're doing something different that is responsible and the bookies are not focused on customers or innovation, just their own profit. And that to me felt like a very indicative answer of what Fi will try and push in the future from a kind of brand and values perspective. We talked about it a lot with Chris Harris a couple of podcasts ago. He's the you know PR and comms professional. He talked about how big an opportunity that is for Fi, and I don't you know I'm not saying Adam was listening, and that's exactly what they did. But that is something that should be pushed more, but it, it really can't when these things are happening, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And if you're
0: comparing
1: Fi to those traditional. Bookmakers Being profitable in a gambling industry is not easy. It's cutthroat, it's dog-eat-dog. Dog. You have bookmakers that limit accounts, the are bets, you know, the exchanges, you suspend your markets, charge premium commissions, casinos, rigging machines, so you can't win. On Football Index, it's a level playing field and I really like, you know, the promotion that your bet's not lost at the final whistle and I think... As you were alluding to there, Chris Harris has a great message there to focus on that. FI's customer care as well. You know, you, you often see goodwill gestures from FI. You won't get that from traditional gambling. That's what sets them apart from the rest. And I like how they sometimes promote that through the product and it's just the fact that the fare, the customers and the restoring the balance and like you say that's something we should be focused on and this IPO system currently in place is taken us away from that that's why it needs to be readdressed so badly and i really do think they should just suspend it until april i think is when is that when nasdaq comes in well they said that they want to
0: get it in before the new season Right, okay. That's the aim. So, I mean, we could be looking at, you know, July, August, right? Yeah. That would be the window after the Euros, which finishes, what, July 12th? And then the season would start probably, the, it's usually the second week of August, isn't it? First, second week. So they've got a little bit of a window there. But to to introduce a whole <laughs> system change is, you know, it's, it'd be brave. Mm. Either that or it's before the, the Euros, which, don't know, could happen. But I mean, you know, you mentioned that we might as well talk about order books now on a, on a kind of a brighter note, I guess. F.I. Lambing says, how will the introduction of order books change your strategy? And obviously you're a very well placed to talk about this because even though we booked you on for the show about two or three months ago, yeah. this has kind of come at a, a perfect stage because, you know, your sports training background will be able to give us a lot of insight and, and value here. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so...
1: Was that the how will the introduction of the order books change my strategy, did you say?
0: Yes. How yeah. would your how would the introduction of order books change your strategy?
1: I love the trading in play, especially like the early kickoffs. So a concern for me there would be whether there would be enough liquidity to trade in and out of positions when order books come in. Don't know if there will be, if I'm honest. Not on those sub one pound players. Maybe that changes over the next year or two, but put it this way, FI's turnover for last year was around 450 million, I think it was put on the website. And when you're looking at the Betfair exchange, it's well over 10, 20 billion pounds traded every year on just football, let alone tennis, cricket and horse racing. Obviously, a lot of that's people balancing books and things, but my point is... FI is pretty minuscule when, it, when compared to markets like mm. Betfair. Mm. I'm not overly concerned with premium players because I think the demand will be there for those players. There won't be an issue with that. But I think there'll be bigger spreads on the cheaper players which will make it harder to trade in and out. If Let's say you place an order when a goal scored. Everyone's looking for an IPD or if it's an early kickoff, match matchday dividends. Hmm. Should that goal be disallowed, how much money is still going to be sat there waiting to buy? If the sell queue is stacked, <laughs> will people then become savvy to that? Yeah. And I don't know if playing that market is then going to become too risky. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Perhaps, obviously, if, when you actually see it in person, you're, obviously, my opinion I mean, might
0: change. I mean, it could, it could be quite similar to what's happening now, right? With disallowed and allowed goals. You're having people buying, then instant selling, then buying again because they realize it's been awarded. I think if there are enough people trading in play, and it seems there are, considering some of the rises and falls we see during the games then there's going to be quite a lot of liquidity there, there's going to be quite a lot of money changing hands and when there is that kind of Maybe, for a moment, maybe the spread's just massive, or the value of the player falls quite a lot, and then they, I think it just become, it becomes maybe more volatile and probably rightly so because the margins that you can make in those situations are, are probably quite large but f i focus here has a question from Twitter as a sports trader, you surely see the benefit of order books for the health of the platform. However, does the addition of order books not potentially alienate potential users who come from everyday gambling backgrounds who might be overwhelmed by this
1: yeah, yeah, I think. Obviously, order books as a whole is going to be a game-changer. It's going to offer more opportunities to profit for those savvy traders. Cash balance now is going to become even more important, obviously, when you're submitting your buy orders, especially when there's a bit of market volatility with big injuries like the Memphis Depay ACL scenario. You could probably make a killing off that because of the panic of the market. But with have newer traders, it's going to be quite difficult to educate someone that hasn't used order books before. I know, obviously, Adam alluded to the fact that they will be bringing in tutorial videos, I think was mentioned. Yeah, um, yeah some
0: sort of training. Which it's
1: obviously will be beneficial, but it's it's whether people will take the time to look over that. It is gonna, It's going to be a learning process for everyone, I think, and it'll take time. I'd probably like to see I wasn't keen on the order book being implemented in the actual app. It would have been nice to maybe have had a Football Index Pro version um, so you could select which version you'd like to use because effectively it's just all running in the background. We should still have a buy and a sell price, so nothing changes in regards to that. I don't know what, what you think about that.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I mean, one of the things that I... I talked about when I was on the pod with them was, is there a possibility that we could have like a a Football Index and a Football Index Pro like a lot of platforms seem to do where you just essentially would, with the simple version, just have a buy and a sell with the Pro you'd be able to see the depth of the market, so I kind of feel like that's a win-win, I know there's a bit more of like a tech burden on that because you've essentially got two platforms, but Either that or like a drop down menu, how they kind of showed it where you can see the the depth of the market, I don't think would be too bad for people. I do think that when your tagline is kind of like make money from your football knowledge and then the actual bigger hurdle for you as a trader is understanding how to use this quote unquote complex system, Mm. that kind of defies it to some extent, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And you want to make it as user friendly as possible. I mean, if if I was a new user without any trading experience, and you first upload the app and you, you're seeing all these orders running through, mm. you're not going to know. It's intimidating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is, and it probably turn a lot of customers away, perhaps. Well, I'm sure the
0: I'm sure th- they would have looked into this. They must have to do so much testing yeah. on this one.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, obviously they know what they're doing but uh, it's a bit of a concern when we're still a growing platform so there's so still so many new users to onboard and educate so uh, that is a bit of a concern
0: Mm. yeah i think uh, i was about to ask Metropolis this question here and interrupt you says thoughts on how many current fi traders will use the order books or stick with the simple view so he's kind of insinuating there that there will be two kind of different options which i presume there will i mean it'd be a bit I think it'd be too far in the kind of like quote-unquote professional style or proper market to have just an order book, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping, let like I say that, if I do, they do have a separate app as a pro version to save confusion for new users, as we've discussed. But it, but it doesn't look as though that will be the case. And he's also said there, will the market value be better than the instant sell as well
0: yeah this is something really important actually because a lot of traders were quite i think i got a lot of messages like oh is there still going to be instant sell? is there still going to be instant sell?" and my kind of response to this was well there are going to be some players who have a far better spread I mean, you know, there's going to be players that have, yeah, way, way better spreads than they do currently. And there's going to be players that have way worse spreads than they currently do. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look at a big spread here. You're looking at, I mean, Bruno Fernandes right now, he's quite topical, is is about a 50p spread. I suppose that that spread might be quite a bit tighter considering the demand currently. Yeah. And I would probably think that he might have got higher if there wasn't that spread. And if there were people kind of pushing the sale price a lot closer to the buy price, which is quite interesting. There are going to be players where if there is no liquidity and there is no demand when the order books are here, then I think those players are going to have larger spreads. Mm yeah and I
1: think again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier that the premium players will have that demand there, and then those cheaper players will probably have larger spreads. I'm hoping you know them, but the, that, the that mar- kind of makes sense, doesn't it I mean yeah 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 no no i I know what you're saying. I'm hoping you know that market sell will provide better value than instant sell because right now, like you say, the spreads they' are a bit of a concern when. I first started on the index. I think you we're looking at average spread of somewhere between 2 and 4% and that's gradually increased. And now, I think they started to narrow it a little bit at the moment again, but you're still looking at 5% and and that's at the very best. Some spreads are 15% plus. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know the exact reasoning behind the, the gradual increase in spreads, but maybe it's FI trying to get traders psychologically prepared for life after order books hmm. maybe, where hmm. we will see larger spreads where there's less demand. Or maybe it's just the fact that if
0: I maybe getting a little bit greedy with certain ones. Um, I think it's actually the former and I think it's worked actually, Matrix. Do, do you not think? I think there have been situations where I look at a spread and I'm like, 3-4% uh, isn't that bad? And I kind of go for it. Whereas like a kind of seven, eight, nine, ten percent, and then I'm like, I'll probably just wait. I think it's worked. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. I'm maybe I'm simple. Yeah, well, I think I think they're obviously just trying to force
1: traders into market selling rather than having to pay them out. But it's the inconsistency as well that I think irritates people. Mm, mm. A lot of these spreads will increase for whatever reason, and then they don't always return to what the ones were, even if the reasons for the spread being applied in the first place no longer irrelevant if that makes sense um so i think that's what irritates people but hopefully you know with these order books it's going to become a lot easier especially like we say with the, the premium players
0: yeah i agree i think that there's gonna it's gonna be overall about as fair as it is currently just because there's going to be some bigger spreads and some much tighter spreads. And I think it will kind of average out to what we're seeing right now. I, I, I think that's kind of my thinking. Yeah, Yeah, I would agree. So just before we move on here, just need to... Plug index gain. And if you guys don't know who they are, they're a third party data provider for Football Index. And they also have a wonderful community on Slack. And you can get five pounds off your first month with the code FIG2020. But that is not all. If you go for their semi annual plan, so six months, you get one month free, then another five quid off on top of that with the FIG2020 code. So FIG2020 for those amazing bargains over on indexgain.co.uk. I don't know if you use them at all, Matrix? I do. I absolutely
1: love uh, Index Gain. Obviously, data analysis is such an important part with Football Index now. So uh, they've got so many different tools where you can pick out genuine value. But I think for me, the most useful function
0: is the premium price alerts, which I'm
1: surprised you don't
0: use. Yeah, so I mean, I was talking about it on the last pod, and yeah. I so there's a couple of things, right? I thought about it a lot more, actually, when I was listening back. One, I again, I have few players that I deem that I'm not going to move, right? And I tend to not get worried about those big drops. Well, not big drops, but like kind of those intraday movements. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I don't really want to... I want to have periods where I'm completely detached from the market. I think we we talked about that responsible gambling part yeah. earlier. And that's just my preference. Like a lot of people will have that better kind of peace of mind where they see ports gone up or down and they just have that notification and they could just put their phone down. For me, I prefer the kind of wrist unplug for me. Yeah. And thirdly, I use Slack for work. So that's probably the main reason. Uh, <laughs> um, so it. that that is that is honestly the main reason. But the other two have kind of factored into it. and And also the way i trade usually it's not been kind of recent but the way i trade usually is quite like fluid and for me if i go a couple of weeks without updating those price alerts then suddenly i've got to remove like 10 15 players and add another yeah. 15 and it's that can that be can happening. be it yeah yeah that's it
1: that's an issue for me actually <laughs> going back to what you were saying about trying to switch off from it my wife actually she got me a smartwatch for christmas oh yeah so I've got it linked up to the Slack. <laughs> so I'm getting, obviously, I'm getting the price alerts without being glued to the phone. So it's great when you're going out for a couple of drinks, you know, and you just have a little quick flip of the wrist and you're you're good to go. <laughs> well, so I can hear that.
0: Yeah, you can you can use that Fig 2020 code even uh, when you're out and about on your you know having a drink and you've got your watch on. There Not you too go. Bad an idea. Fi Joel here has a question. What happens if it isn't pulled liquidity with new markets? Do we in this UK pool stagnate or will the growth continue as normal till the plateau? Or is it more likely that we will see it pulled? Adam Cole has kind of said both. <laughs> A question to both and keep up the good work. Appreciate that, Joel. And I. I also appreciate your kind of uh, frantic nature of writing because uh, it wasn't very clear, was it?
1: (laughs) No, it wasn't, no. I'm hoping I can provide Joel with a bit of um, confirmation here. So I I remember listening to Adam Cole on a Jake Lee podcast a couple of weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and he confirmed that if they do go into Germany, which it looks as though they're going to, that he suggested that would be their next territory Mm -hmm. and that there will be pooled liquidity for that territory, which is obviously, you know, great news for the growth of the platform. So Joel doesn't have to worry too much about that, hopefully. And something else I actually found quite interesting is obviously once that's been finalized and being given the green light, Adam Cole also suggested that it was going to be a multi-currency market yeah. as well. So obviously you've got your Euros and you've got your Sterling in the same market. And that's just as exciting for me just because it's, it's one less barrier to entry and it should see them do better with existing territories like Ireland. I know they sometimes have issues with the exchange rates yeah. and things. So th- there's not going to be that barrier to entry there. So I-, I think that's quite positive as well.
0: That is. I think one of the things that I want to say is about this is if it's not pulled, it shouldn't be on FI's priority list. And the reason I say that is because one growth in product market cap company should all coincide at the moment at the stage that FI are at. If FI created another platform that was just for Spain and they had to manage both those platforms simultaneously and they had to manage customer support for those both those platforms simultaneously let's say it's in Spain where a lot of people don't speak English there it's not like you know, Germany or Scandinavia, where the percentage of people that speak English is higher. Like, I don't see them having the capabilities or the bandwidth to do that currently. Do do you not agree, Matrix?
1: Yeah, no, I I would definitely agree with that, actually. They should be prioritising those that can be pulled together in the same market. So I wouldn't really understand why they would look at the territories where that's not possible due to regulation issues. So I would 100% agree with that, yeah.
0: It's just in their interests overall to make it pulled. Yeah, and yeah. I really do think that here the customer needs and the company needs are definitely aligned or the, the wants more like, the kind of like what we want as traders and what they want as a company. I don't think FI, where Adam Cole has tweeted, we've just hired loads of tech people because our tech team was stretched, is suddenly going to go, why don't we just get another bunch of them out in, out in Spain? Or uh, let's hire another like ten customer service people for for Spain who speak Spanish and English. Like I just, for me, it doesn't really make sense currently to, for it not to be pulled. And I really would see them pushing hard and priorities prioritizing the territories where there is pooled liquidity most probably I mean we've got Ireland currently New Zealand and Canada's kind of in not in limbo but it's 50-50 I know they've got some kind of payment provider issues out there but they are all part of the same market and I don't really see why FI should be going gung-ho for anyone that isn't because I get that they want this bit thing to be global and they want it to offer this ability to do this with footballers for everyone but I just think it It can be very convoluting if you just suddenly have like a German platform, which is completely separate. And one, you have to maintain that. But two, you know, if a trader looks at the German platform from England and an English trader looks, I mean, a German trader accidentally looks at the English version, like, does it start to get confusing? Like, I don't know. I think it's just overcomplicating things. And for me, if I was them, if I was in in their shoes, I'd just kind of be like, Let's list uh, territories and let's prioritise them by the likelihood of us actually having a pulled market there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't really have anything else to <laughs> with that. I think you've summed that up pretty well. Obviously, the company's still scale-up, so they do need to prioritise certain territories. They can't take too much on, so I think you've summed that up perfectly.
0: Mm. westy here says ac and he's from the forum AC, adam cole muddied the water a bit with comments regarding re- expansion do you think he said germany is first or spain it sounds like not all new territories will be able to join the share market and might have their own what are your thoughts on this we've kind of already answered that but was it i was confused about that as well yeah. germany yeah. spain again
1: lack of clarity I couldn't tell you. That's like it say on this, the podcast that Adam appeared on, he did allude that it would be Germany first, but then from his Q&A, kind of leaning more towards Spain. So who knows? Mm. I. Well, what would you be more excited by? I think Germany from what I've heard and the fact that we know that it would definitely be pulled liquidity and they're so passionate over there uh, about the football, populations, great um obviously a lot of high earning individuals as well so it ticks all the right boxes
0: mm, mm. i kind of agree especially after me and uh, if i heard hunter a few weeks back did our best impression of sherlock holmes via a podcast trying to find whether or not german domains and such have been in use or are being used by fi so i think i'd lean to both in terms of what I think is more likely and what I think I'd be more excited by is Germany. Obviously, I wouldn't say no to Spain,
1: <laughs> no, no. but
0: I really do think that Germany is probably going to be the first one. And he it pretty much confirmed that they, they're going to be there before the next season. I think that was kind of understated, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think he probably should have opened with that, because that, that was
1: probably the biggest news out of everything that, that he was announcing. But obviously they've got so many different things that they're they're trying to focus on at the moment because you've got order books and and NASDAQ, which seems like their main priority, obviously the IPO's needs fixing.
0: But yeah, from a marketing
1: perspective, that's definitely the most exciting thing.
0: Mm. Mm. Well, Bobby Axelrod from Twitter has a question here. What difference or differences do you think we'll see when the new territory is added? If anything, at first.
1: I'd imagine it'll probably be a bit of a slow burner. We won't see an immediate impact to the market, but I think once FI lay down the foundations, they'll start you know, looking to promote the product over there, hopefully. We'll see you know, them making a, a push for it. A lot of their marketing campaigns at the moment are obviously centralised around London, which makes sense, but hopefully that they'll be looking to branch out a little bit to places like, Dublin, obviously we're we're already in Ireland, but Berlin and Ottawa and places like that, just so we get that football index brand out there and people are aware of us, aware of them, sorry, I'm speaking as if I I work for the company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, aware of the product. So yeah, I don't think, obviously there'll be a lot of hype, so I think people will be maybe putting a little bit more money into the product, seeing that it's going to develop and move to other territories. But as for the german user base i think that'll be quite a slow process i don't know if you agree with that
0: oh 100 percent. i think one of the things i saw tweeted was a lot of people getting excited about germany but we'll have another 200k users in the uk before we have 20k in germany i would hazard a guess by even looking at ireland and how few users have been kind of acquired from that territory that these are going to be slow slow burn things aren't they
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
0: I mean, I can only speak to kind of like my podcast listener downloads and and YouTube views. Like, it's still quite UK-centric. I think bits and bobs here from the likes of Ireland and Canada and so on and so forth. But I really do think that for FI to really get a foothold in there... You know they'll need people on the ground. They'll need big marketing campaigns to to be done in those territories. They'll need kind of like affiliates out there who are who are willing to to kind of push that brand from a kind of like word of mouth standpoint or content standpoint. Like there's a like it's basically lifting and shifting every single thing they've done here out there to try and get as good an effect as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a massive operation, and like we say, it's going to take a lot of time. If I think they really should be focusing more on that Irish market as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of potential there, and I think the kind of obviously we've got the well, top what about the, you know
0: the, the UK market as well? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the for, other yeah. thing, right? You know, I mean, we're, yeah. we're we're looking at other ones like Ireland and, and New Zealand and Canada and whatever, but there is so much still to do in the UK.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, when I, I try and speak to a lot of people about it, and there's still so many people that haven't heard of football index. So there's still so much growth available. It just takes time. Obviously, people are a little bit reluctant, as I was to start with. But as long as FI keep marketing the way they are at the moment, I think that's one of the the main positives with the company. The marketing department do a great job. So if they just continue in that vein, I think we won't have any
0: issues. What kind of reaction have you gotten when you've tried to introduce your, your pals? A lot of people instantly, because gambling's got so
1: many negative connotations the bookie always wins Mm. so it's difficult to convince people that it's a growing market and there are a lot of users who are making profits on the platform obviously i put that tweet out a couple of weeks ago about the two percent of users lose money on the fI i do kind of regret putting that out Uh, because I think it probably does give a a false image, and I I was listening to what Sam was saying on your previous episode, and he made a good point. We maybe shouldn't be promoting the product as a rapid growth. Mm, Really um, good point, yeah, yeah. Rapid growth market, and more focus on the trading aspects and battling against the market and try and beat the market, and just the enjoyment of the product. Like that's so understated. I think. The whole product itself, all the different dividends, it's so enjoyable and um, it's hard to get that across to new users at first because they are so reluctant to get on board. And it's a gambling product, so it can be really difficult sometimes.
0: Mm. That kind of leads on to, to the next question, very slightly, from FI Gardner, which was a really interesting one. I think we talked off-air that you wanted to talk a little bit more about this. Slightly off-topic, but do you think new users seeing other traders with large portfolios, they put pressure on them to deposit more than they can afford? Is this promoting responsible gambling? Yeah, I think because Football Index is perceived as this
1: massive opportunity, it can be quite easily overstretch yourself financially. So I get where FI gardeners come from, particularly during bonus periods. And I think if you're seeing these big profits from big portfolios, you inspire to reach that level one day. It's human nature, you know, especially people that enjoy sports, we're competitive, we want to be the best. And we've got, obviously, we've got different financial commitments. And I think it's important that traders take responsibility for that. Um, Similar thoughts on diversifying your portfolio. Bigger investors tend to go bigger on certain players. And although traders will suggest that approach will help maximize your profits, which it probably will if you're a skilled enough trader, it's down to you as a trader to make that call because some prefer to spread the risk and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that make sure you're comfortable in your position. I think that's the most important thing and just do what works for you. I don't know if you would agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think that's such good advice for new traders and and old ones alike, like doing something that suits your lifestyle, doing something that really is sound, secure for you from a financial standpoint in anything in life is good advice, but in FI it's just as prevalent, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: I think the, I mean, it's ironic that we say this and ask this question when the kind of trading profit emails have just come in. It's a fine line between uh, putting pressure on people to deposit and acquiring new users and, and actually, maybe, you know, for every person that maybe does overextend, there are probably way more people that are like, okay, forget this, I'm going to just deposit a bit more now. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think... It's in the minority. There's 500k users or 550k signups now. 50k people follow the Twitter, FI Twitter account, right? So, yep. I mean, what we see is maybe a bit of a bubble in terms of this kind of irresponsible angle. And we don't really know how many active users there are. I mean, we can probably predict like 25, 30, 40%, whatever. It, go on, sorry.
1: No, I, I was just going to say there, like with the all-time profit emails, I do think they are a good promotional tool. And, and what you're saying there with with the Twitter users, I think you'd only really set up a Twitter account if you were passionate about the product and mm-hmm. heavily invested in it. So like you say, you, we're only seeing a very small percentage of users there. But again, we do still have a responsibility to make sure people gamble appropriately. But then you can look at those traders that pump players. Mm just to then dump them (laughs) on newer users. I think that's probably more of a pressing concern for me. I try not, well, I I don't really allude to my holds unless I've maybe traded out of them because of that reason, because I'm not comfortable knowing that one of my pumps of a player, however valid it might be, could potentially turn out to be a losing bet for Mm. one of my followers. So I just prefer to give a positive message on the product as a whole pump the product
0: not your agenda we've there nearly, nearly ended on that. that we've
1: come I back think, to that I think I think I might have to maybe link that into my bio or, yeah. or something
0: that's just such an iconic tweet steal it from SOTD. yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, sure I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he won't mind we've got a last few questions here FI Max with two X's from Twitter as someone who has had eight months experience on FI by the time the World Cup in 2018 rolled around what learnings did you take from that tournament and how will you be applying them to Euro 2020
1: yeah so by that point like Max alludes to. I was on that platform for eight months. I was looking to utilize various different strategies just based on, on trends. So during the World Cup, I wasn't really focusing on the World Cup. It was more scouting for decent PV players that have maybe dropped in price due to them not participating in the tournament, knowing that traders would then jump on those players once the World Cup had concluded. So my advice would be just to try and keep ahead of the curve, and if you're, you're looking to trade players in the Euros, then maybe start buying those players in a, a couple of months' time before the trend starts. Well, let's say a month's time before the trend starts, and then realise that profit as the trend peaks, if you like. Same can be done with transfer targets and youth prospects. There's there's so many different cycles kicking about. It's just to keep. It's just a case of keeping an eye on the market.
0: Hmm. I think my bit of advice, a learning would be that the players always go higher up in price than they should. Yeah. Like a transfer hold, like a youth player when they score a goal like a like anything really on FI as an irrational market. You've got to take that into your mind when you're kind of like thinking of an exit opportunity on some of these players or indeed if you're kind of stockpiling for the next season. The other thing is like the knock-on effects of a tournament so if a team goes really late far into a tournament then some of those players might not be back for the beginning of the season who might take their place etc etc there's so many dominoes that might fall into place like well will players get injured at the Euros do the players that replace them on the pitch there immediately go up if it's a long-term injury do the players that replace them in their clubs go up like that there, there are just so many variables and i think this is why we we love the platform that there are so many ways to make money but i just kind of think about the domino effects of every action that happens like during the tournament for kind of like extended periods if that makes sense
1: yeah and and i think like with what you're saying there i think that's why i don't tend to get bogged down too much in dividend yields
0: mm-hmm.
1: simply because we don't really have to yet i think if you can anticipate Uh, influx of dumb money money that which enters the market without any rationale or little rationale you'll create opportunities to make a higher percentage return than having to identify intrinsic value and I think this is it'll continue as long as FI keep attracting new money into the market speculation being the biggest factor with a little sprinkling of uh, positive market sentiment, if you like. (laughs) Because, like you say, these players do tend to go higher than you think and there's not always a reason for that. Mm. It does just come down to market sentiment. But then, that being said, once the market matures, we'll see more and more traders jumping on premium holds because they're the ones that offer the most value in terms of dividend yields. So, you know, I don't think you can forget that. Um, but the majority of FI users are smaller investors, so the lower end of the market offers opportunities to maybe flip players mm. where you could, you could see returns of 20-30% just from a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might not be an interest of a, a big fish, but if you've only got a couple of hundred pounds in, then it's hard to ignore.
0: It really is. And I wonder what kind of like special promotion they will do for the Euros when they announce it in April. I think that could lead to even bigger bubbles for the the Euros in terms of pricing, but also, you know, a lot of opportunity there for, for traders. FI Ace has a question here. Out of 10, how are we excited are you for the future of FI? And then Keegan's Bluff on the forum says, what's the future of Football Index? A gambling product taking on the high street bookies with a more sustainable version of the excitement of betting on football or a trading platform seeking to attract more pro gamblers and financial speculators? You're not allowed to say both.
1: Right, I'll start with the FI Ace. I'm going to... Give it a good solid 8 out of 10. I think FI's put a tremendous amount of effort into the marketing over the last two months. I think with Mike Bowen alluding to the record month for trading volumes rather than number of users, maybe indicates they've not done quite as well as last January, but I still think it's been a massive success. You can.
0: I think in terms of number of sign-ups they probably have. Right, okay. Honestly, I think they've increased their user base by 10% in January alone. Ah, right, okay. I mean, which is probably about 50k sign-ups, which is an absurd amount, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm guessing you've probably seen
1: a lot of new followers as well. So <laughs> I um, have
0: indeed, yeah.
1: yes. Yeah, so I think, obviously, last January, we were building up to the share split. Mm. FI had secured that radio slot with TalkSport, and the market wasn't anywhere near the size of what it is now and the product wasn't as mainstream. So all in all, I think FI will be happy. And and as you're saying there, because the market is so much bigger now, it is harder to see the growth. But some of the rises we've seen, you know, from Haaland and obviously Bruno Fernandez, it's just absolutely crazy. Like before the share split, you're looking at it would be like a £3 rise, which is just absurd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is big, isn't it? But I think the problem, obviously, we've got now, is, sorry, FI have got now, is retaining those customers. Mm-hmm. I think that retention rate could probably be a lot better if
0: you... It definitely could be better. I'd
1: really, yeah, I'd really like to see some sort of maybe introduction video when you sign up, just explaining the basics.
0: 100%. With the odd
1: notification, you know, to describe certain features, like you've got your your media and match day dividends, which... When you first sign up, you're not going to have the foggiest clue about the buying and selling. It just makes that user experience a little bit better and it just makes things easy to understand.
0: 100%. I think having those kind of pop-ups when you know, maybe your first go to sell a player, first go to buy a player, that introductory video when you first join. I think, you know, I think those things being a bit more dynamic and intuitive and, you know, we talked about like training courses for the order books. I mean, training courses for the whole of FI would probably be good. I know they have the academy, but I'm talking maybe like regular webinars or whatever. Like there are so many different things that they could do to try and like not keep people interested, but keep people like, on their toes in terms of like how the product actually works. Like, for example, I really like the video explanations they did of certain announcements. So, I mean, we bashed the 7% kind of media dividend rise, but the communication was very good in terms of like how it was portrayed the video the kind of infographics like I think we need to see more of that in general from a company standpoint but also when you're actually trying to keep traders on the platform and you're trying to build that trust between customer and company there needs to be that extra mile that they go I think yeah yeah I would definitely agree with that what's your take on the second question here from Keegan's Bluff Just remind me what that was. I got a bit carried away. uh, (laughs) I'll read it. It's another lengthy one. Uh, What's the future of Football Index? A gambling product taking on the high street bookies with a more sustainable version of the excitement of betting on football or a trading platform seeking to attract more pro gamblers and financial speculators. You're only allowed to say one. You're not allowed to say both.
1: Oh, It's a good one, that. I think the introduction of the order books through NASDAQ, probably sure that. FI are looking to attract more pro-gamblers and and financial traders. So I think for that reason, I would probably go with the latter. How about you? The
0: latter? Interesting. Why can't we say both? I really do think it can be both. I'm I'm sorry I've I've broken the rule, Keegans. Oh, you won't be happy, with you? won't be happy, but it's, it's just like I think on episode 100... SOTD who you're obviously very fond of because you're going to steal his motto but he just said you know people love trading footballers and I think that is both from a kind of just regular run-of-the-mill gambler to you know pro gamblers and financial speculators like people want to enjoy doing stuff while making money and, and if you enjoy football and and this is the thing then I really can't see past it being something that could be really really powerful for both
1: yeah i mean you've definitely cheated but fair <laughs> play, fair play. it's your podcast so you can do what you want
0: uh i, I guess i can to some extent but uh sorry keegan's so i think you you got me at the last question where the brain's about to shut down but uh, honestly mate you've been fantastic on my show um, where can people find out more about you and follow you on twitter and all that
1: yeah so you can find me on at trader tip I'm hoping to be a little bit more interactive on there. I probably need to tweet out a little bit more than what I actually do. Where's your
0: pump I, of the product?
1: I know, I know. I need to open my game, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, there's so many different people on Twitter that are far more intelligent than me and can offer brilliant advice. So uh, sometimes it's just nice to sit back and learn off those guys. But yeah, if you want to follow me uh, at Tip, and
0: I will happily chat to you yeah definitely give him a follow and, and see what he's got cracking soon I think when he's up, when he ups his game <laughs> if you guys are commuting right now I hope you have a great commute if you're not commuting doing whatever you're doing hope you uh, have a good day uh, shout out to the non-commute crew uh, apologies this isn't three hours or you know you're welcome that this isn't three hours one of the two whichever one I think a couple people DM me like are you absolutely nuts like why have you done this and then it's been <laughs> (laughs) like one of the most popular episodes ever so uh, there you have it sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions we had a lot of course after the Adam Cole um, Q&A and just one more thing obviously we talked a lot about responsible gambling throughout this show particularly which uh, I quite like doing and uh, thanks for Matrix for doing so but uh, Football Index is a gambling platform only bet what you can afford to lose and stop when the fun stops and reach out to someone if you need to have a chat about it it's uh, definitely an important thing even if you are making money thank you very much for listening and have a great day everyone